Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Achtung Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Set no substitute. Greetings, dear listeners. Can you hear those church bells ringing away in the distance? The chorus of hallelujah floating on the wind. Yes, Mule won away last night, dear listeners, to join in the celebratory mood. I'm joined by Mr. Michael Avery. Welcome to the show, Michael. Good afternoon, Nick. Good afternoon, listeners. Yes, the champagne has been corked finally. It's been in the uh, fridge for 15 games, but finally the Asderone Prosecco has been drunk. We won. A, we won. It was a rainy night in Huddersfield. A dirty away three points. It was the wonderful description someone put online. A dirty three points. Um, one nil win for the Lions at the John Smith Stadium last night against Huddersfield Town. Quite a... Um, it was it was it was a test of endurance up there, Michael. Really, wasn't it? I mean, it was. You know, we'll come on to the team selection in a moment, but I think fundamentally that game last night required some some very basic more attributes of just some fundamentally having a bit of arsehole, a bit of bollocks, a bit of fight, and going out and doing it. And in fairness to the team, we've criticised them, so we should be the first two to praise them. They they delivered last night. Yeah, yeah, they did. And you're right; it wasn't pretty. It wasn't a particularly good game. Um, and a couple of times we sort of half rode our luck. You know, we was only we did what, yeah. we was only a couple of centimeters lower, and and that penalty was in. It would have been one all. But let's, as you say, let's take the positives. We needed a result, and we needed a result big time, and we got a result. I mean, a lot of fans would have been happy going up there. We were and getting a no score or one all draw. In my opinion, I would have been if you'd have offered me a draw before the game. So to take a win, definitely very happy with that. Yeah, I mean, driving rain, heavy, heavy pitch. The the goal mouths at both ends looked like the uh, uh, mud bath in there. So it was it was a night for men to take control. You're right about us riding our luck a little bit. Um, I think the first thing that I want to say um, is to take my hat off to Gary Rowett because I thought that team selection and that formation, Michael, prior to the game, was was either going to be the work of a madman or, or a genius. I wasn't sure which which one it was at the start of proceedings. Um, I think luck, Lady Luck did play her part, but then fortune favours the brave, as they say. But a three-four-three formation with um, it was I follow initially had Sean Williams in defence. Actually, it was Ryan Leonard, Hutchinson, and Cooper across the three-man back line with Williams in midfield. Scott Malone playing as a forward. I. I what did you make of it? I, I I was bewildered by that selection at the start of the game, but it came good, didn't it? Yeah, I, I think the best way you can describe it, I don't, I don't know if all the listeners have ever sort of played that game before you used to get where you'd lay all the sort of 
little metal things down. You'd bounce a ball, and by the time it takes for the ball to bounce back again, you'd have to try and pick them all up. That's what that selection was on paper, wasn't it? It was just to throw those things on the floor and see where they land. Because, because even I know even, that game. What's that called? <laughs> but even with even with the selection, Nick, as you're saying, you know, you, normally you can piece who might go there, or I think he might be trying to do this. But even with something like the forward line, you had a combination that you know you wouldn't have been able to no, to sort of pick in your right mind. And even even John Daddy Budvarsson, he's not normally the type you'd have leading your line as a number nine. So it was a very confusing selection all round. You know, we were saying amongst ourselves, is Leonard, is Leonard in the back? Is he in the midfield? Is Malone in the back? Is he going to put Sean Williams there? But he got it right, ultimately. He got it right. And and I think he didn't sort of buckle under the pressure, neither did he. A lot of managers under this sort of strain from from fans and from, well, yeah. we don't know if it's from the board, but if there's, if there's any truth in the uh, rumours, but, uh, you know, apparently he's lost the dressing room and all this malarkey. He, he didn't show it, did he? he well, last night well. showed that the players would play for him. Um, who knows how this formation came to pass? Who knows from, you know, which dark corner of Gary Rowett's football mind it came from? It, it worked. I mean, I, I actually had, when, when, the, when the 11 was announced, as listeners will know, you get this... Um, just a, a sheet of names and numbers on, on the official site. And I, I was trying to work out a formation, Michael, and I think I had about three or four options rubbed out and started a game because I, I could not see who was fitting in where or how it was going to line up. I had Thompson, maybe he's in the forward line. I had, um, you know, who, Leonard. I, mean, I thought we were going to play with five-man midfield. It was, it was just a very hard-to-fathom formation. 3-4-3 three, three was how they showed it on iFollow. And on the initial slide, at least, when I was watching, I was intrigued to see Sean Williams playing defence. But then he has played in defence in the past. So, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a hard um, puzzle to turn over. Um, as far as the, you know, as, as far as the bravery is concerned, I've got to take my hat off to Gary Rowett because that was a brave choice of, of 11 there. And, you know, that takes courage, doesn't it? I mean, given that you know you're going to be in for a slaughtering online if, if, if the result doesn't go your way. So I take my hat off to him for that. It's, it's a tough time for Mill at the moment. And let's be honest with Gary Rowett as well. We, we don't obviously know him personally, but you don't, you don't know if he was maybe even thinking, you know, did, if this goes wrong, it might all go wrong for me in my career because, you know, everyone said with, with Millwall, it's a bit of a chance for him to re-establish himself and prove he is a decent manager. And that could have been another result where arguably he, in speech marks, was showing he wasn't a good manager. Um, yeah. I, I rate Gary Rowett. I rate Gary Rowett massively. Um, I do. I do think yes, at times he gets things wrong, but um, I do think also, to be fair to the guy, when he took over at Derby and Stoke, they weren't in the best best of positions. So when people say you know he didn't do well at this club, he didn't do well at that club, I think that's a bit harsh. And he took us on when we was on the downward slope. We've got that sort of breathing space we need now. So hopefully, hopefully we can build on it, but. This goes back to what I was saying before, Nick. Um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling on a bit here. We we can't we can't have these performances where we're poor, and then when there's an outcry to play well, we then get the result, and then it goes back again. We need to sort of hit a bit of a run now, hit a bit of consistency. Yeah, I mean there was a big debate last week um, online um, about what kind of Millwall do we want to be? Do we want to be this a, a development of the you know the classic Millwall four four two Neil Harris style. I don't mean that Harris particularly because he was a continuation of a, of a long embedded style of play and attitude and outlook at the Den. 
style of football that we are known for, but which we have to be honest, listeners, uh, has its limitations. If if the Millwall way was the way to go, we'd be playing Premier League football. And it's never really taken us, um, with one or two momentary occasions, close to or into the first division over 30-odd years ago now. So, it, you know, the, if we have to move on, which we probably do if we want to succeed as a club, then there's got to be a painful transition period, which possibly is what we're seeing now with the, you know, the current squads um, showed plenty of, of bottle last night. But I think um, as a squad and as, 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 a, as a totality, there's a limit to the the skill that we, we bring. The moments of quality shone out last night. And one moment of quality was by a quality player, Scott Malone playing much further forwards, the, the finish for the goal, which was, I think someone put on, on Twitter, they showed, you know, the difference between your average um, upper league one player and someone that's played at a higher level still because he really, really took that chance and that was the the moment that opened the game up for us, going ahead so early. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is with Scott Malone, I mean, thinking back to the time when he was first at the club, no one really knew what his best role was. Um, you know, he was on that left-hand side and he bombed up so well, but defensively, he was always a little bit hit and miss, wasn't it? Perhaps, mm. perhaps now... You know, we're seeing this this Scott Malone who who probably thinks, well, perhaps I'm not a fullback or a wing back anymore. And and after yesterday's performance, you'd certainly give him a go further up the field again, wouldn't you? He looked very effective. Yeah, and the way he finished there, and um, you know, we've seen it before with Malone. Um, he's probably not your most rugged defender, but he's certainly a very skillful player going forwards in that kind of wing style, attacking midfielder, or last night further forward still role, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that was a great, great start to the game. Um, I want to just run through the 11, Barton goal, obviously, um, who saved us a couple of times. You've already alluded to the fact we rode our luck, Michael. And Bart, we, as we've said, we say it week in, week out, we kind of come to take him for granted a little bit. Miracles are delivered as, as per normal, but he made one or two really crucial saves just when Huddersfield were looking to get a foothold back in the game last night. So... I think it's always worth remembering Bart in goal has, has been a real mainstay since he signed. But the back line, Hutchinson, Cooper and, and Ryan Leonard. For me last night, Michael, Ryan Leonard stood out as a real a real Millwall player, um, player with skill, but also someone prepared to to get stuck in on, in, on, a, on a quagmire of a pitch and on a night where it's really, really tough. I had him as my man of the match. I mean, Malone, you could argue, you could talk about Danny McNamara as well, but... Leonard really, really stood out last night for me. I don't know what you made of him. Yeah, he, he had a great game. And again, as you say there, he's, he's had a man of, man of the match performance in a position where he's not sort of traditionally or, or we're led to believe sort of comfortable, isn't he? He, he, had, a, he had a real sort of stop-start career at Millwall. But I yeah. think this season especially, he's really, really starting to sort of prove his worth. And he, he is proving to be a real asset. And someone, as you say, when, when you need someone to dig deep, he's there. So I, I can't, I can't not what you've said there, and I, I think, yeah, I'd probably say he was man of the match for me too. He's got, he's get developing. I mean, Jimmy Abdu never had a forward game really. He, he was not a shooter. He did get crucial goals on occasions, some we'll never forget. Um, but he was not known for his kind of um, forward play. But Leonard, to me, is starting to get into that kind of. Jimmy Abdu was a regular pick. You almost, you didn't have to look at the eleven. There was Jimmy Abdu sat there, and he's getting into that same kind of committed rugged role that you need in defence last night in midfield sometimes, more often probably. Um, but with Ryan Leonard, he can shoot. He can. He's, he's prepared to get forward and he's prepared to have a go and, and take a chance when the, when the situation allows. 
I was really, really impressed on a very difficult light, uh, night last night with Ryan Leonard's performance because it was a, it's a tough brief, isn't it? Being stuck in defence when you're a midfielder. And a lot was riding on that game last night. I, I, I know we keep saying we rode our luck and we did, but there was a lot, you know, the manager's role, the manager's job, the, the squad's mentality had been questioned. Um, rightly so, after some recent results. But, you know, there was, there was a lot on the table last night. And I think um, certain players really, really stood up. The whole team did, but I think Leonard stood up. And for me, Danny McNamara is a real prospect. Uh, this boy looks the part to me in, 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 on the right side of defence stroke midfield. I think he, he, it's going to be hard to see Marlon coming back against him. Michael, how do you see the, the McNamara versus Marlon debate going? Again, it's, you're, you are right again there, Nick. I think that with, with McNamara, he's, he obviously went out on loan and got some valuable game time, as, as we've all said. Um, I know some people sort of knock the Scottish game and, and say it's quality, but I, I do actually think when you've got young players, it is a pretty sort of decent league to send someone to because, you know, there'll be the odd week where you play against the Celtic and the Rangers. So you will play against these sort of big teams with big expectations. And he's come back in. They they obviously gave him the cup cup game just to see how he would go. And he's, home, yeah. he's sort of cemented, he's cemented his place since. And if if we, I think we were standing at the start of the season when we were talking about players like, uh, like James Brown and, and all these other defenders, that if Marlon was to go, we'd be in real, real trouble. But, not that I want Marlon to go, but I don't think there'll be too many people worried um, if Marlon does go because we've obviously got McNamara. I think it will be who will be the understudy to McNamara the way he's the way he's going. I think he's doing really, really well. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's Marlon going because we're forced to sell him because of financial um, circumstances, and then there's Marlon going because he's been forced out of the first mm-hmm. team eleven by the form of McNamara, and who who knows what other youngsters we've got that may be coming through. Um, that's a nice problem to have. Maybe not so much for Marlon, but you know what I mean. You know, from the, from the from the Millwall perspective, that's the kind of problem you want. Um, midfield, obviously, I it was a, a big chance for Ben Thompson to show us the Ben back to last night, and I thought he did. He he, he brought a lot of energy, and we looked far more committed and dynamic in the midfield as contrasted with the City ground last Saturday. In a strange way, as much as the energy. And the commitment was entirely Ben and entirely Mill. I, I thought last night he just wasn't quite on it as much as you might have hoped for. Difficult night, difficult circumstances. Um, but it's great to see Ben starting. I think he will come good with the with the the performances and, the, and hopefully, let's hope, regular picks now. Yeah, and and the style of play. So, uh, see, this is again the, the interesting Ben Thompson argument. He he played well yesterday, but the way he played was because I think it was because it wasn't the sort of typical free-flowing championship like game yeah, you know yeah, that that, yeah. that kind of that kind of fixture as you say it was a it was an horrible wet grey sort of waterlogged game that that suits that sort of rugged player where where the play gets broken down because of the conditions no one really sort of really wants to string too many passes together and, and that does suit Ben Thompson's game but you know, when the pitch dries up, when the weather gets nicer, when Let's we start playing football yeah. all around a bit more, we'll, we'll Ben Thompson again the side. It, again, I don't, I don't want to sort of piss on anyone's chips here or or anyone who's fans of Ben Thompson, but he has had a few chances, and even though he, he puts the effort in, as as we've said repeatedly, he doesn't seem skill wise to be at the level required for for what Rowett needs, does he? A few. I mean, you know, you're 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 right. I mean, it'll be interesting to see with the the return to fitness of Billy Mitchell. 
Um, you know, the, the, the transfer window is not yet gone. It doesn't seem to be much going on the mill front yet, but um, we'll see. Um, ben Thompson's return last night was wonderful because we saw a committed 11 playing, um, you know, to... They just gave 100%, and I think that's all that we all were looking for, to be to be blunt. Well, the result would be nice, but the, the first um, base camp will be commitment, and that's what we got last night. So that that was great. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, for the moment, I think he he brings enough to justify a starting place, whether the manager fancies him in the longer run. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's always a question mark over quality, and quality is what we aspire to. And I think, um, you know, sentimentality might have to come in second to finding players that um, that have the touch. Um, I mean, the opening goal was a great, great run by Danny McNamara, who, should, who combines quality with commitment. And that's that's probably the holy grail for, for Millwall going forwards. Uh, a left-sided cross, if memory serves, and it was wonderfully slotted home by, by Scott Malone. I mean, that was, that was your ideal start, Michael. You couldn't have wished for a better open to the game, a, a crucial game to go a goal up inside three minutes. Wonderful, wonderful start. Yeah, and... And unlike Millwall, we actually managed to hold on to it, didn't we? Because just. I'm not sure whether it's, I'm not sure whether it's just our football club, but it always seems to be when we score early, we're right under the cosh. But yeah. it, it was it was a well taken goal. Yeah, we said we rode our luck. Um, I mean, Bart was well beaten for the penalty, wasn't he? That was that was always going in if it if it would have been if it would have well, been slightly lower. Something I wanted to say. I, I thought the penalty. I mean, they described it as soft on 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 TV, and I agree. I I didn't think. I suppose if you touch a player inside a penalty area, there's a certain naivety to to doing that. It was shoulder to shoulder by Ben, I I, I thought. I haven't seen it since last night's um, show, listener, so I haven't seen it today. Um, Player's gone over easily, as as all players will do, and we've conceded a penalty because the referee was almost, um, you know, couldn't couldn't contain his excitement to give it. Um, it, it I, I think in, in, in normal circumstances, you could argue that's a 50-50 call, but we don't get 50-50 calls. Um, the penalty was we, we just got lucky, Michael. I don't, I don't think you can put it any other way. He, he you know, a couple of, um, as you say, a couple of inches lower, and that was in the net, and one all at 13 minutes. It might have looked a very different match after that, mightn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and um, with Campbell as well. Let's be honest. I think I think I said it. Um, I think I said it in our little chat last night, didn't I? That I think when he was doing his sort of rants of the championship when he was being loaned out everywhere. He was certainly a player I would have had at Millwall. I think he was I think he's a good good forward or he was was back in the day. So but you say about the sort of penalty, but how good was that save just on the half hour by Bart to keep Brilliant. Going I've noted it well. down here. Yeah. A great mm-hmm. take and turn by the Huddersfield Town for I can't remember which one it was, listeners. Um just on the edge of the six yard box and a great save. One of those miracle 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 saves that we take for granted from Bart. Um yeah. and that, that kept us in the game. I mean, that said, it wasn't all one-way traffic. We we went close um, for McCorner, I think it was. Um, on 35, uh, Hutchinson header just went just wide. I did think as well, though, like, like you say, you know, we, there weren't that many chances in the game, but I don't think we were really under that much pressure, ultimately. I know we say we rode our luck and they had a couple of shots, but it weren't as if we had to sort of like, sort of like barricade and put... You know, part no. of the bus was was they, they had a couple they had a couple of chances. Couple of chances in the second play. half. Couple of chances in the second half, but not that many. I mean, I've got two noted here, um, and and our own, you know, our own disallowed goal, which um, again, you know, you can you can argue about. I think the goalkeeper was deemed to be obstructed on the floor when um, Ryan Leonard put it in. That would have made it two 0 if that had been given. It wasn't, so we had to 
continue with the containment. But largely speaking, we did very, very well in very, very difficult circumstances to see out um, opponents who, um, they looked fragile in defence themselves. But like a lot of teams nowadays, Michael, they look pretty good coming forwards, quite a you know, movement and, 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 and touch. And on another day, they may have, well, probably would have counted themselves unlucky not to get anything out of the game last night, Huddersfield. And the thing is as well, it's, it's like we said at the um, right at the start of the season, there's, there's no real teams in this championship apart from, obviously, the, the sort of three that came down. There's no one really that will sort of blow you away. So so why why not take advantage of these sort of defensive frailties? I did think as well there were times where, I'm not sure whether it's because we kept running into offside positions, but we seemed to have sort of quite a bit of space when we were attacking, especially down those wings, didn't mm, we? And, yeah, that was, we did. and that was where Huddersfield did look frail. But importantly now, I mean, I'm just looking at the league table we're sitting in 16th, nine clear of the drop. Yeah, that's 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 a decent little bit of a that's a decent little bit of breathing space. So I, I know with Rotherham in 22nd, they'd have to win some games to obviously catch us. But our goal difference isn't disastrous. It's like when when we have played recently, aside from that sort of Forest result, we've not really. And this is where we've again need to put things into context. We've not really been sort of like smashed results-wise. You know, it's always been like a nought or a one or or, or like a two-one or something like that. You know, we, we we don't seem to have conceded many many goals compared to the teams around us. I mean, we've played twenty-four, conceded twenty-four. So we've conceded on average a goal a game, which yeah doesn't look great. But below us, QPR have conceded thirty, Coventry have conceded thirty-four, Birmingham have conceded thirty. So it's it's well 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 above you know where they are. And even if you look at the sort of um, top end of the table, Stoke in eighth have conceded more goals than us so we know where the problem is and let's yeah. just hope that we're with, with let's just hope with Malone playing this new sort of attacking way if he continues that way that we might actually start seeing some goals because 21 in 24 goals is is poor is very poor yeah I mean our low points for the season have been self-inflicted errors really it's um you know, it, no one's really run rings around us other than the fact we've allowed them to or we've, we've not bothered turning up or there's something wrong, you know, the mental approach of the side. All of the of the poor, poorest performance of the season, I'm thinking of Borough, Coventry and Forest, have been self-created nightmares and they haven't been through the brilliance or sheer footballing um, talent of the opposition. It's been because we haven't, we haven't showed up. And I think if there's one takeaway from last night's game, the squad, I'm sure, you know, Gary Rowett's worked this out already. But if 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 the if the eleven that he picks give everything, we're in with a shout against everyone in the in the division. It, we we are not a bad side. It's just if we don't bother turning up and don't bother trying, as as we have seen on occasion, then we're going to get beat because other teams will um, be bringing those 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 attributes to the table. It's going to take a little break now. We're going to have a listen to Harry, to Mike, and to Ryan's take on last night's proceedings, and we'll be back after that. You're listening to After If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, dear listeners, full time at the John Smith Stadium. A 1-0 win for the Lions. Uh, an early goal by Scott Malone was enough to see us come back from the north, which looked a tremendously wet and windy northern shithole, didn't it? The John Smith Stadium. But all in all, a good result um, for Millwall. Uh, before the game, obviously seeing that starting eleven, uh, the weirdness of of where you thought everyone would play. Leonard done really well in a back three, so surely that should be the end for Alex Pierce at Millwall. Goodbye, good riddance. Um, believe it or not, Woods looks all right in the midfield when he's got two old midfielders in the middle and a player bombing on in front of him, believe it or not. This is revolutionary to a lot of people. Um, Williams looked decent. Obviously, his legs go. So, you know, maybe they should be looking at signing a midfielder with legs would be a good idea. Um, but all in all, I thought Thompson and McNamara done well. Um, everyone sort of played well. There was no outstanding performances, but there was no shocker. And they took their chance and we scored. Should have been 2-0. Don't know why the referee denied that. I know Cooper is on the floor and the ref- and the Huddersfield uh, goalkeeper dies over the top of him. But Cooper was there. If a player was down injured in the box and it wasn't a head injury and the keeper comes and falls over the top of the player who's already on the floor, does the referee blow up? It would probably be one of those weird laws of the game one. Obviously a bit like the City versus Villa one earlier on. That Twitter's going mad over. But we know a good result. And we'll move on to the cup. Half of me wants us to win. Half of me wants us to get knocked out. In a, in a sense, because I think 
a squad as small as ours could do with having a few days off here and there, but we'll take it. I think if we do beat Bristol City and Sheffield United manage to win their game, I do think we have a good chance of beating Sheffield United. And then who knows, but maybe that would be nice uh, in the sense of managing to get players into the club if you had that kind of tie um, on the horizon rather than wages that we know we can't match or pay. So, yeah, all in all, good result. Come on, you Lions. Roll on Saturday. Actually looking forward to watching Millwall Saturday. Unbelievable. Well, it was a hard-fought win yesterday. Um, long time coming, I think. Definitely, hopefully the start of something, some improvement. You can never really be too sure with Millwall. We, we can win one game or perform well one game and, and let it all slip the next week. So it's... It's going to be hard to keep this consistency up. Luckily, we've got the FA Cup next. That will potentially break us up. Um, credit to Rowett, I guess, for, for changing the side around a bit. Um, Leonard in that right centre-back role seemed to really work. I think Hutchinson's lack of ability on the ball was really hindering us there, getting the ball forward. And with Danny Mack in there now, who's who's looking really impressive and getting forward well, um, you need someone who's just a bit more mobile and a bit better on the ball which Leonard is. So that's a good stroke. Um, I wouldn't necessarily want him to play there the whole time, rather get a better centre-back in, because I still think we miss Leonard in the midfield. Um, there were really good chances for both teams. I think Saar put one over the bar in the second half like we did in the first. So it wasn't comfortable by any means. And Huddersfield aren't a great team by any means either. Um, a great finish from Malone, kind of showing what good players at this level can do. Um He's a really weird one, Scott Malone. He's he's a great left back, left attacking fullback one week and then the next he, he looks like he's just come out of the pub. Um but when he's on form, he, I thought he played really well, driving runs, that, that run right towards the end of the game just to relieve the pressure is what he's all about. Um he's got the right attitude, I think, as a Millwall player as well. He, he he seems a bit lightweight at times, but he does give it his all. Um Strikers still not great. Um I thought Thompson was okay. Uh, poor to give away the penalty. I think we got away with that. We can't overlook the fact that we missed a, they missed a penalty in the in the first half, which was a, a massive stroke of luck. But we don't get much luck down at Millwall, and uh, I think we definitely needed it. So slight improvements, um, mainly on the road. It'll be interesting to see if we can actually get a win away playing that way, or a win at home even get playing that way. But. Baby steps, I think, to getting back on track. We desperately, desperately need some signings. About a week to go in the window now, and we need two or three bodies through the door that are genuinely going to improve our team, um, mainly in the midfield, maybe a centre-back for depth now as well. But let's hope this is the start of a better 2021. Football's a funny old game, isn't it, listeners? After that absolute farce of a performance at Nottingham Forest, um, a solid display in a 1-0 win on the road... Uh, in horrendous conditions uh, against uh, you know pretty decent footballing side uh, in Huddersfield, so very pleased tonight. Doesn't it feel good to win for once? Um, I've got to give credit to Gary Rowett. Um, I think we must have all looked at that starting lineup, thinking, "What the bloody hell's going on?" Uh, couldn't really work out the formation or where players were playing. And you know, if that if we'd have lost tonight, that would have really 
uh, been pretty embarrassing for Rowett, but we didn't. We we went there uh, and we won one nil. Um, Scott Malone, man of the match for me. Um, he's had his critics, but I think he's he's actually been one of the brighter lights in the last few games. And you know he's he's been excellent, purely putting in a hundred percent, fighting for the team. But also he does possess that quality and pace down the left and. You know, he caused Huddersfield problems and obviously scored a, a very nice goal. Um, I think uh, we got a bit of luck, obviously, with them missing the penalty. But other than that, they didn't really challenge us too much. I can't remember Bart having to make a, a good save. Uh, I thought the disallowed goal should have stood. I mean, how the linesman has seen any kind of infringement and there were sort of players all over the place. I mean, it was a mud bath in that in that penalty area. And, uh, you know, it's pouring with rain, so it seemed to be a bit of a cop-out decision. Um, but, you know, didn't need the second goal in the end and 1-0 was was enough. Um, defended excellently throughout. So, yeah, very pleasing. So credit to Rowett and, and credit to the team, you've got to say. But, you know, it means nothing if we can't follow it up with some performances like that. Um, we didn't follow up the Bournemouth performance with that crap at Forest. But, you know, can we follow it up on the weekend? That That is the big question. If we can, I think we'll start to pick up points and, and we'll be all right. If we can't, then we're going to be continuously looking over our shoulders for the rest of the season. Come on, you guys. If you're enjoying Afton Mill podcast, then why not help us grow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd love it. Love it. If you visit the Apple link in the show notes and leave us a rating and a review. Achtung Mill is the number one podcast broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. No show sponsors, no Patreon, and no TikTok accounts. Thank you, dear listeners, and as always, Arrivederci Mill. Big thank you to the chaps for their takes on last night's game. Um, just want to look at Gary Rowett's post-match comments, Michael. Um, he says we... He took a gamble. Um, he says, I made a couple of gambles. Ryan Leonard was excellent. Tomo gave us a bit of bite in midfield. And the determination of my players was fabulous. Great goal by Malone. Our effort was monumental. It, it did have that kind of epic quality to it last night, didn't it? A night of swirling rain and mud and, you know, a, a battle in, in, in the, in, you know, in, in the midst of it all. It was, it was a very Millwall night, really. A very Millwall result, in actual fact, on the back of a really frustrating game last Saturday. Well, anything's monumental if you've not won for 15 games, Gary, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm making the movie. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm casting the movie here now, you know, the night yeah. we won at Huddersfield. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be on the DVD in, in the club <laughs> shop when it's open again. Just a few comments I picked up from um, the post-match comments last night. Duncan Kirk captures, I think, the feelings of me. In fairness, me, I don't know, everyone else possibly listening to the show. He says, I was as bewildered as many, but credit where credit's due. Talking about the starting 11. We rode our luck in the first half, but the second, got the second half spot on tactically. And the substitutions, that four-man substitution, which I've never seen before in a Millwall context. I've seen it, obviously, in England internationals when they change half a side halfway through a friendly game. But I've never seen four-man substitutions. I can't think of it if I have seen it in a Millwall context. Um, proper Gary Rowett Millwall performance says Duncan uh, let's hope it's the start of an uptick in our fortunes and and Tony Monday says Ryan Leonard was absolutely outstanding Ben should have had a penalty for Leonard's disallowed goal uh, I haven't seen it I mean I remember thinking it was um, it looked a good goal to me but maybe if the goalkeeper's being tangled as, as um, 
as they said on the TV, then we're not going to get it. We don't get those kinds of decisions, unfortunately, do we, Michael? Yeah, you you can't. It, um, it, it's the it's the cliche, and as much as we say, you sort of don't want VAR, you know, VAR in the Championship and the Football League. Yeah, that's the this price could you pay. One, yeah, it's the price you pay because you can't you can't. <laughs> Nick, 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 it was it was the old thing. You can't touch goalkeepers in the penalty area. It, it, it was it was the cliche. You could do anything to any player on the pitch, anywhere on the pitch, but you do it to a goalkeeper in the penalty box. You ain't going to get it. So, no, so that's it, true. probably is. It probably is right there, Tony. But, but you know, like everyone's screaming, shouting, no VAR. Well, that's what well, you there, get, there we there we are. I agree. William Sarsted, OBE. Well done on that OBE, William. Organised, boring, but I'll take that. All things considered, um, uh, this one caught my eye. Henry Fetz, Millwall were playing a sweeper, inverted wingers, and a false nine. Were we last night? I don't know about any of that. I need Ryan on the show, Michael, to tell me about inverted wingers and false nines. I, I, I think that might be a little bit beyond you on my uh, Millwall, limited Millwall imaginations, I think. Um, Alex Russell called Ryan Lendoguinho. Lendoguinho is a bit of a mouthful. Um, a ball-playing centre-back. <laughs> and, um, and finally, um, Matt Richards, a very, very brave lineup. If it had gone wrong, Rowett would have been slaughtered, but we had much more energy early on. A dirty three points. That's where I'll get that from. Matt Richards, a dirty three points. Well done for that phrase, Matt. Um, Michael, the transfer window runs on. Um, obviously, the big news has been the, the, the extension of the loan of, of, of Kenneth Hall. That's not quite, the, um, not quite the transfer window some of us might have dreamed of, but it's not a bad, a bad signing. I mean, I do like Zohor, and um, hopefully once he's fully fit, we'll see the best of him. And as the pitches start to, um, you know, improve from the, from the muddy, sodden state that we saw last night. But not much else going on at the moment, other than stories of players that aren't interested in us. Alex Mowat is not, not a prospect for us now, apparently, of Barnes. If, with the one with Alex Mowat, it reminds you of the one when you'd always see, say, like, Bobby Zamora's been seen down the Southern Park Road, Wimpy. <laughs> it's a bit like that one, wasn't it? On transfer deadline day. Um, and, 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 nothing, and nothing says Millwall more than um, extending the loanee of someone who's been crocked. <laughs> um, but, but no, no, he, 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 he is, you're right. He's not a bad player, or he, he offers something different. But I, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was getting sort of kind of involved in the whole we need to sign this player, we need to sign that player. But again, you know, I'm going to put a, the sort of needle on the broken record as it goes round. We still don't know how the state of finances are with COVID. I mean, no, we, we, we had we, we, we had Billy um, we had. Billy Taylor on um, a few months back, and I remember vividly him saying that the money the money we was losing, what was it? Was like, or it was on the website as well, wasn't it? The, yeah, the yeah, FAQs, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Something like a million to a million and a half a month. Well, when, we, we must be. I mean, we, we're not alone in that. I mean, you see, you know, the stories across the whole football spectrum of of leagues, national leagues, non leagues, you know, not being able to continue. I mean, I don't know how leagues one, leagues two are continuing. To be honest, um, you know, it, it's. It is all sticky plaster, as Blue Peter used to have it, and, and bits of cardboard holding it together. So, you know, those of us who dream of seeing a late career Messi down at the den might be a little bit disappointed. Um, and the, the lone signing of Zohor, you know, maybe as, as good as it gets. You, you think as well, Cardiff, Cardiff are a couple of places above us. Now, we, we know with Cardiff um, and the sort of people who are negative towards Neil Harris saying they only appointed him because sort of no one would go in mm. if they were told they wouldn't have any money. 
But you've got to think a couple of years ago, wasn't it two years ago they were still in the Premier League? So they've still got a couple of parachute payments left. And the only signings they've done is, what, someone from Crewe and someone from Crawley? So even even a team like Cardiff, who are similar situation to us, they've actually probably got more money than us because of their owner and their parachute payments. They're not buying anyone either. So no, no, no. I mean, you can't be too critical of the transfer policy if we've not got the money to do it. No, and we'd have to sell. I mean, we have a squad that's probably coming to the end of its of its cycle at the end of this season. I I, I can't believe that um, Gary Rout would have one eye on the summertime for you know a, a clearing of um, you know of, of the old and in with the new in some way. There may be more options available come summertime. Um, we will see. There was a story on um, literally today on Price of Football that uh, I think it was two point eight million pounds worth of shares have been issued in in Mills. Not an investment that we would recommend on this on this financial show here, listeners. But um, more shares have been issued. Now, I'd imagine that's not going to be to sign um, Lendoginho or, or some other player like that, but um, probably just to keep the place running, keep the lights switched on in the in the offices. Because as you've rightly said, you know, I mean it. <laughs> We're existing on thin air pretty much. I can't believe the eye follow incomes coming to much this season. Um, mm. The quality, you know, Netflix and chill might be a better option. <laughs> I follow well, and we'll, chill might not happen. <laughs> well, 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 the, the main thing is, I'm not sure about you, Nick, or the listeners, but the main thing is, I, I, I think that Jerry Scalak did enough at the end of last season, that goal against Huddersfield on the last day um, prior to this season to maybe warrant a, a two-year extension. Extension. <laughs> that really is an eye follow and chill. <laughs> Incidentally, just a total tangent to listeners. My my daughter for my birthday bought me a like a card pack of millennial sayings. I I'd heard the expression Netflix and chill, but it sounded quite mundane to me. I didn't know it meant you know much much more exciting night in than what I. <laughs> it sounded like have a cup of um, cocoa and watch. Um, I don't know, you know, some rom com, yeah. but it isn't. It isn't World, World War Two in colour. My eyes were opened. <laughs> anyway, World War Two in colour. Yeah, the rise of the Nazis <laughs> with your girlfriend. Um, but anyway, yeah, transfer a tumbleweed blows down Ilderton Road. Um, we'll, we'll see another week of it yet to go. We may yet be excited by the signing. We've missed out on Richard Keogh because he was playing for. Huddersfield Town last night, so there's a there's an exciting talent that's escaped our, our clutches again, dear listeners. Um, and finally, Michael, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to our own Kelly Webster, who of the Lionesses, well known um, personality around around the, the fan base, who set up a food hub, Lions Food Hub, um, based on the the Rennie and Manor Estates in Bermondsey. Um, she's put out a tweet this week, listeners. I will repost this because um, it's something I want to try and get behind to try and give it a bit of a boost. Um, she's after tin meat, toiletries, soaps, tin fruit and veg. Um, so if you are nearby and you can contribute, then um, do contact Kelly. She's pretty well known, but I will stick the, um, the Twitter feed out again um, after this show. Um, we're going to try and give Kelly a bit of support. Um, we do get some advertising money when we put these shows out. So we've got to try and make some financial donations to Kelly's food hub. It's a fantastic cause. It's very much something that's very much um, of the moment. There are really are kids out there that don't get enough to eat. And if we can do a little bit, um, you know, to try and assist that, I think it's, it's got to be a good thing. So I, I thought the, and I, it's an ideal, um, deal for your listeners you the more you listen to Acton Millwall the more adverts you will hear the more money that Kelly will get to buy 
the food and the toiletries and, and the toothpaste and all the other stuff that will help those who are less fortunate on those two estates. I think that's a pretty good deal, Michael, don't you? No, you're right. And and, and you say she's, she's a popular uh, member um, of the fan base and obviously the Linuses as well. And, and for those who don't know Kelly, um, you probably won't meet a more sort of like selfless person. She, she puts so many people and so many causes um, before herself. Um, it's ridiculous. She and does. She's doing this. Yeah. She's sort of doing this all on her own back at the moment. She's got she's got help. Don't get me wrong. She's got some support, but you know she's really driving this campaign and she's really um, driving this just just from a just from her own work. She's she's not been told she needs to do this, or it's not as if she's been asked to do this. She she's doing this herself, and she also in her spare time she does a lot of stuff with the hospitals as well. Um, she's always helping people. So yeah, any any help that you can give to Lions Food Hub would be would be much appreciated. And I, and I know Kelly personally, and I know she'd be really, really, uh, really, really grateful for all the help and support that, that we can give. And yes, get those listeners up also, so we can get that silver award next year in the FCAs. <laughs> that's the next level. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> no, I mean you're right. I mean um, Kelly, Kelly's. Um, she gave a little bit of a story on one of your recent Lionesses shows, Michael. It's a really fascinating edition. Well worth a listen, even if you don't listen to the Lionesses show. I think the mental health edition was really strong. Her story, she was very honest about her her her, her situation, um, and you know it's just fantastic to see somebody trying to do something. So any help we can give, um, that's the point and purpose of this podcast. So as I said, the deal is you listen to the more editions you listen to, listeners, the more adverts you're going to hear the more money gets generated. So um, I think that's a pretty, pretty good setup. So um, you will be hearing more about Kelly's Food Hub as the shows go along. I make no apology for that. So there we are, a sense of relief over the den after that 1-0 win at Huddersfield Town last night. On to the cup on Saturday, Michael. Um, I think, what, was your, what would your approach to the cup be? Would you go, want to go out and win it or would you rotate the squad and bring in some lesser lights to give them a run out. I think that'd be where I'd probably pitch it, but um, who knows the mind of Gary Rowett? Um, I personally, I'd put out a, a sort of half-decent, strong side to sort of keep the momentum going. Try and progress. Because, um, because when lo- losing, losing becomes a habit and you, you need to start getting some wins no matter what way you do it. So I, I'd put a decent side out, not necessarily sort of progress and sort of get the money for it, because I mean, what's the next round? Sheffield United or Sheffield United? So we'll probably, probably, exactly. probably find a problem there, won't we? But we'll yeah, see. it's not exactly a glamour side, and and even Plymouth away. I, I always say that you know, with Plymouth away, it's always worth if you're a betting man to put a couple of quid there when they're the home team, because that's a fair old slog. You'll be knackered by the time you get yeah. down there. So either either way, it's a tough tie, but. As I was just saying there, you need to keep this momentum going. Um, you need to sort of win games so that you can get going. I'd, I'd go with a strong squad, similar to the Bournemouth team. Similar to the Bournemouth team. We'll see. I think I'll probably do a bit of rotation, but what do I know? I, I called um, Gary uh, Rowett um, an Ian Holloway-style evening ahead of us last night, so it shows you how much football knowledge I've got, dear listeners. Your score prediction for the game? For Saturday? Um, yeah. I think we'll probably get past them. I think it'll probably be a, a 1-0 win for the Lions. Saturday. Mm. I'm not yeah. terribly fussed about it. It's a real shame. It's the FA Cup, but in the absence of fans, it's it's. It, I think our, our focus on the league comes first. But I, I take the point about winning. But um, 
I wouldn't mind seeing a few other players. I wouldn't mind seeing Tyler Bury make a start and um, possibly give Dewey Scalak a run out on the on the left, you know, yeah, for his extended two-year contract. What's your score prediction? Where are you going to go Mil- for, Mark? Millwall 7? No. Um, seven. Mil- <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, this, this had 2-1. We'll have a sneak little 2-1. Yeah. Huge thank you to Michael for taking time out of his working day to uh, to join us on the show. Thank you for listening to this edition. Listen to all the other ones whilst you're at it and get some more money up the Kelly's food up business. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back at the weekend with Mr. Ryan Loftus. Until then, from Michael, it's... Bye for now. Bye for now from me. Thank you for listening to Aston Newell. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a T-Connect review. Have a good Till next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.